we should indeed keep calm in the face of difference and live our lives in a state of inclusion and wonder at the diversity of humanity. George Takei Bending Not Breaking Pride and the Dragon Prince everyone. Thanks for listening to another episode of Bending Not Breaking. I am your host, Ben Pruitt, and I have a treat for all of our listeners. We have been working hard behind the scenes to talk to some pretty amazing people in preparation for these episodes, and I am thrilled to finally begin releasing them to all of you. It is Pride Month, and we are celebrating full force by bringing you a lot of Pride content. So over the next couple of weeks, we'll be releasing several episodes with voice actors, writers, and friends of the podcast in which we have discussed our favorite Pride scenes, our favorite ships, moments, uh, headcanons, all of it, all in celebration of Pride Month. So these episodes don't follow the usual routine, but I am certain that you will enjoy them. Some of the recordings were recorded with video, and so for the ones where I have permission, I'm planning on sharing those with our patrons so that our patrons can enjoy watching our facial expressions as well. Uh, You can find us on Patreon at bnb underscore pod, uh, and you can also find us on all the social medias as well, so feel free to check us out there. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Uh, We're going to have several that are focused on the Dragon Prince, several episodes that are focused on Avatar. Uh, As you heard already today, we are focusing on the Dragon Prince, and I, once again, am just so excited to share these conversations. So without further ado, let's head to our first conversation discussing Pride and the Dragon Prince. thrilled to introduce Jesse Enocalia. And you all, if you have been listening to the podcast, will know that Jesse has been on our podcast a few times and we're thrilled to have him back. But Jesse is here today and I'll let it just, I'll just kind of toss it to him and see how he wants to introduce, <coughs> excuse me, introduce himself. Uh, Jesse, how are you doing today? What's what's new? And tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm good. I'm good. I've been, uh, first off, thank you for having me back. Always a pleasure. Um, I've been, I've been working, man. I've been just slugging it out here in the, in the voice mines, putting it all together as best I can. Um, happy pride to all who celebrate and to those who don't, uh, you can go fuck yourself. Um, (laughs) (laughs) and, uh, yeah, I've just been, I've just been working it out. I mean, you guys probably know me from the Dragon Prince if you're listening to this. Um, I don't know. Additional credits include My Little Pony, uh, uh, Lost Judgment. I'm in the DLC for that, which is pretty dope. Um, Super dope. I don't know. I got other stuff coming out. Follow me on socials to find out. We'll get there later. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, lovely. <laughs> again, and again, you mentioned this, but everybody knows Jesse as the voice of Soren on the podcast. So uh, quite lovely to have Jesse join us. It's a kind of a big deal. So I'm, I'm really grateful for you and for you taking the time to, to be present, especially for this episode, which is so important. 
Oh, well, my pleasure. I, I tell people I'm like a vampire. You just need to invite me places and I show up. <laughs> once you're once you're invited, he, all of a sudden he's just in the room and you can't Absolutely. get rid of him. <laughs> cheese, you know? Oh, man. Well, that's awesome. Well, so I we know we know about you and we know about Soren and uh, we've been paying attention. We've watched what seasons one through three about 30 times to this point. I mean, if you uh, watched four by this point, I'd be real curious as to how you saw it. Oh, believe me. I can't. Yet. <laughs> if, I, if I could pirate it, I would. And then I would continue to watch it on Netflix, even as it came out to make sure that y'all got the credit due. But like, it's one of those things where, man, I have been just eagerly on the edge of my seat to, as I imagine many of our listeners have as well. To... Oh, me too. Truly me too. I mean, we've been we've been at it for a while now and you know i think i think aaron said this on twitter so i can say it that like we finished recording for four Mm -hmm. a while back and i I cannot overstress that the stuff we have coming makes the stuff that's been look like child's play it's it's outstanding yeah i think that's what so uh has me higher anticipation is that's a terrible way to word that phrasing but (laughs) Uh, I am much more, I am anticipating this a lot more because how, of how excited all of the voice actors are, how excited Aaron is, Justin Richmond, everybody on social who has a, a, a visual or a clue as to what's going on has all been like, this is going to be wild. <laughs> and yeah. So, oh yeah. We're all, we're all going nuts out here trying to keep sitting on our hands to prevent ourselves from saying or doing anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a very similar uh, reaction from our next guest. Uh, so I'm, I'm really excited um, to see what's coming. But alas, l- tell me about, um, I want to, since we, we know about you and your relationship with the Dragon Prince, you are a voice on the show. I'm curious what this um, space has been like for you. you we're, we've been talking about this anticipation and this gearing up for season four, but I'm curious what, what does that feel like for you being on the other side of it versus for us who are just viewers, right? What is it like to be on the waiting end on the process side? Jeez, it's, um, I mean, it's, it's equal parts nerve wracking and breathtaking sometimes, you know, mm. I, you know, we've been in production for a while now and, you know, we've, we've been, we're continuing to record, you know, we've got more stuff on the pipe and i i would be lying if i said that i wasn't a little frustrated by people who were like oh i thought the show was canceled i thought the show was over and i'm like bro like you can go look we've (laughs) like a dozen statements at this point and i know everyone's excited i'm excited and i i thank you know the the fans and i am grateful for the fans ongoing patience and ongoing trust but yeah it it's it's nuts you know i i will occasionally after a record you know shoot a shoot a dm to one of my one of my co-stars and just you know shout at them for a while about the episode (laughs) or you know we did one recently where i was just screaming at devin via messenger for like a solid hour hour and a half about how excited i was for this particular episode and you know it's 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 so interesting because coming up and, you know, doing, doing voices and acting, it, it's not often you get to be a part of a project like this. Yeah. You know, I, I, 
I'm I'm certain other people have said the same as I have, but it, it feels so. This is a very unique project to be a part of, and you know, I I know Jason said this for sure at panels that when we all signed up for this or when we all got the jobs, I should say, rather than signed up for it. I don't think any of us understood the scope of it at first. Yeah. And as the reality of that said, and I know the reality for me, I might've said this on an earlier podcast with you, but the reality for me was when I got an email from Justin and Aaron saying, you know, thank you so much for being a part of the show. And I had no idea who they were. So I Googled both of them. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I was like Troy from Community meeting LeVar Burton. I was just like, <laughs> oh, big deal. Yeah. And it's been it's been really lovely, actually, to, to speak on that, because we just recently had the season four teaser tailored. Yes, did. it was so interesting because I was sitting in my trailer for uh, for a film and TV project that I, I was on. And I was like, I had nothing to do. It was it was a real dead day. <laughs> and I was just watching the reactions come in. And I have, I it was so nice to see how much joy there was in, in you know, us coming back. Yeah. We we're always gonna. But <laughs> it's nice to see the enthusiasm remains, you know? Yeah, Twitter was uh, like a good nonstop for several oh, yeah. hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was really cool to see. I was had to go on and off because I had random things that I was doing, but I definitely enjoyed the the amount and the enthusiasm. And somebody had a, a mixed tape of the like remixed the the song from the the trailer within like yeah. a couple hours, and it was fascinating. Yeah, it's incredible. It's really really cool. And you know, I I've always loved that the Dragon Prince fan base has been you know, exactly the type of people that I've always wanted to reach with my work. Mm. That is to say, primarily, you know, uh, uh, a younger, progressive, queer, like, accepting, just, just blob. Yeah. <laughs> people. You're here. And, you know, it's, it's really lovely that, that they're here and they're, that they're standing up with us, you know? Yeah, and I like that's a, a beautiful segue kind of to my next sex. Uh, sec, uh, ugh, I'm terrible today. Question. I get it. I get it. It's a it's a Sagittarius moon or something. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Mercury in retrograde. Astrology maybe. nerds, don't correct me. Yeah, me either. <laughs> um, but you mentioned the the audience that you're you've kind of wanted to reach, and so this uh episode that we are recording for is about pride and we're here to celebrate pride and uh, i'm curious what is your relationship with pride and how what does it kind of what does that word mean to you and what is the connotation and what does it carry and just opening that up for however you interpret it of course well i'm i mean i've never been particularly open about my sexuality on twitter or anything and, you know, I, I generally don't believe the specifics are anybody's business, but my own and the people I choose to share it with. But I mean, the closest I've come to is I'm, I'm bisexual. You know, I, I have been for, well, I mean, I, forever. That's life. That's what it is. <laughs> and I've only recently started being more vocal about it. And that has come from, I mean, a number of places, be it a place of uh you know growing up growing up in the 80s and 90s man <laughs> yeah i hear you it's very much so it's a big part of it 
but also, I mean, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's something that's just always been a, a part of me that mm. I've never really, you know, felt the need to expound on. Yeah. And as I've seen more and more that like, <sighs> I mean, not to get too dour about it, but the, the ongoing attacks on, you know, trans youth and trans people in the United States and Britain and, I mean, hopefully not Canada, we'll see. And, you know, what that generally means in the history books, I, I feel yeah. the need to be more vocal and yeah. to take as much of a stand as I, as I feel like I can and, you know, support as many of the, maybe support's the wrong word, but, but um, be, as, be as vocal a supporter as I can be mm -hmm. of people who are seeking more justice than I need. Love it. Yeah. No, that totally makes sense. And I, I think that, especially for people who are often identify either as bi or as pan or have this this queer uh, mixture where you kind of also fit into the straight trope. If if people are paying attention, or if people are rather not paying attention. Um, that it's often easier to just pass as straight totally. until needing, right? And that's a that's a really tough act to kind of navigate because there's this like, well, I can pass and it's comfortable to do that because I don't have to deal with people's bull. <laughs> but there's there's also this uh, more and more of a need to be present, be vocal, and show solidarity by. Um, marking ourselves for sure for sure well and you know my my partner's pan and you know we we present as a straight couple which is you know that's just how things have worked out in the wash but you know we're uh we're a queer couple in our 30s dude like yep <laughs> it's, it's it's something that we're trying well i'm trying she's always been very vocal but i'm trying to be more vocal about because you know, otherwise I'm just like a, I appear as a cis straight guy. Yeah. And I'm two of those things. <laughs> cis Absolutely. Guy. Well, that's, that's wonderful. And this kind of sets us up and tees us up for the importance of animation and not just animation, but media in general that has representation and not always uh, you know, it's not always confirmed or canon, but uh, it, sometimes it's very much in our head canon. But that said, there's a lot of really beautiful moments in the Dragon Prince that are canon. So um, I'm curious, as we're going to kind of tee this off into the, the bulk of our conversation, which is, what's a moment for you in the Dragon Prince that, or a moment, a scene, a ship for you in the Dragon Prince <laughs> that really... Uh, kind of shouts pride to you and and that when you think of pride you think of this moment man i can't i can't, I can't talk about my ship without getting in trouble again but there. <laughs> i would say well i i mean anybody who looks at my twitter or knows me especially jason simpson will know that i am a big i i am a 
big Viravos guy. I think mm-hmm. I think Jiren and Harrow are really cute together too. Yeah. And I mean I don't I can't speak to any of that, but I I would say because I'm I'm nobody involved there. <laughs> um I I think like cuz I've been thinking about this question since you asked me about it Ben and that is to say before the podcast not just now. And I I have kind of one moment which I'm sure is going to be a popular one, but I want it it kind of branches off into the greater schema of of existing as a queer person within the universe of the Dragon Prince. Yeah. And that is uh, the Queens of Durin kissing mm. before they're killed by uh, uh, the, by as not Asimondius, uh, Thunder, anyway. I tried to go with his, with his dragon name, but I couldn't remember it. And the reason why that really sticks out to me is, I mean, I am no fan of rulers of any measure. Yeah. But I am I I do recognize that, you know, this is a universe where two two women, not only two women, but a multiracial couple. That's right. Get to not only have this moment to celebrate their love in the face of certain doom, yeah. but there are songs sung about them. There are statues built to them. Yeah. They are they are revered as as a same sex couple, and I, I guess why how why and how this spins off for me is, you know, something that I I, I spoke to the writers' room at one point about you know various characters and various sexualities. I mean, certainly not my own. Certainly not my characters. Why would I ask? <laughs> never once, no. No, of course, never. Um. And the general answer I got back, pardon me, and it's one I really appreciated, was that the thought of being uh, discriminatory based on who someone is attracted to within the world created that is Catullus and Zadia, I don't, or, you know, the human kingdoms and Zadia, I don't know what the overarching term is, I don't know if there is one, um, is, is unheard of. Yeah. You know, the fact that it doesn't really matter. You you can label yourself as, you know, gay or uh, a lesbian or bi or pan or whatever or whatever or ace. But you're not it's not seen as a point of contention. Yeah. In the universe. And, you know, certainly no no characters seem to treat it that way, which I think is really beautiful. And I mean, <laughs> I'm so careful. I, I have to be really careful about what I say. Um, yeah, I don't. It's never. It's never a sticking point. It's truly never a sticking point for anybody. And I, I mean, I think that's. I think that's really beautiful. So I want to be. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Ben. I was going to say I want to be clear that yes, the 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 care with which you are speaking is about revealing things that you aren't allowed to reveal yet versus care yes, with right. which. Yeah. Okay, because I'm also wondering, because this is a conversation that also there's a lot of care that a lot of times people feel the need to bring to conversations where we're talking about queer identity, right, and sexual orientation, and that that could definitely 
merit this like urge and need to feel the care as well. So I just want to be respectful. Sure. sure, I'm I'm interpreting that the oh, right. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying to be careful about my my professional obligations. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I I can I can say that the the writers' room on the show is very diverse and. You know, I mean, Devin, Devin Gill's leading it now, and she's outstanding. She's a, she's a queer woman, and she's absolutely brilliant at her job. Yeah. And I know for a fact that they take the utmost care when dealing with, you know, sexual identities or, or you know, things of, things of that like. Yeah. And knowing that and seeing seeing how far it goes on the show even even something as simple i know devin devin had a note once that she told us all about and she speaks about quite publicly that um she would get boards back from uh from the animation studio mm-hmm. of just backgrounds right and it would be you know couples in the background holding hands or whatever and she would occasionally send a note back to be all like, you know, make at least half of these same-sex couples. Yes. Just because, you know, for whatever reason, for whatever, uh, whoever was doing the backgrounds that day was like, oh, yeah, they're probably they're probably straight couples. And Devin was like, no, 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 that fix, please. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, and I think often what it is is it may not be even an intentional thing like, oh, these are probably straight couples. It's, oh, these are just couples. Right. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? Right. It's because that is what society has conditioned us to see. Precisely. You know, we see a we see a a man and a woman standing together or sitting next to each other on a fucking plane for Christ's sake. Here, here. And they think that they're a couple or that they're husband and wife or yep. you know they're they they're dating at least. I mean, talk about like if we want to get into real like conditioning talk about kiss cams at sporting oh boy right uh like it's talk about like how awkward and and terrifying that is frankly that you put to what may be strangers on a kiss cam and they feel this obligation to kiss one another oh my god yeah absolutely i may have no idea who the other person is exactly and so there's like this weird weird expectation that like oh it's totally okay it's harmless and i'm like whoa chill yeah and then that's and there's and it's always a straight couple um and so i think that that's just a another way that we just see this conditioning happen and that people don't think twice about until someone who's not straight says something or someone who's been harmed by that says something for sure i mean not when uh, it's it it needs to be you know, stripping away all of the the societal, patriarchal, uh, you know, cis heteronormative conditioning, you know, I think is is something that is really. First off, I would say is is integral to the progress of of civil rights and a civil society. Here, here. But I would also say, you know, some of the first steps that we can make towards that are in our media portrayals. Bingo. This is why I'm having this conversation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, and like, you know, it's, it's, it's simple, small things, you know, it's, yep. you know, it, it doesn't have to be huge. It doesn't need to be, uh, I don't know, 
Robin on season three of Strange. I'm rewatching Stranger Things, so mm-hmm. bear with me. But Robin on season three three of Stranger Things making a big deal out of you know confessing to Steve that she's gay, yeah. which I think is beautiful. I love Maya Hawk. I love Robin as a character. I think it was a really well done scene, and I think it's an important scene to have. Yeah. But I also think it can be little things. It can be, you know, the the background couples in your show not all being heteronormative. Yep. It can be, um, <laughs> I mean, it could be letting uh, two fucking X-Wing pilots kiss without pivoting immediately to a gross slug monster. It could be. It could be. <laughs> <laughs> For Disney's first, or Disney's next first canonically gay character. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's, it takes small teams that have the courage to do that. Yeah. Where, you know, there's not going to be some ancient bigwig at the top being upset that his movie isn't going to play in, uh, I don't know. No, I don't want to pick on, I, I like a lot of the Southern states. I, I feel bad. I, I like, I. I mean, I was going to say like a rural Kentucky audience, but sure, know people from rural Kentucky and they're very lovely. I have family there. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like, uh, uh, like, like Saudi Arabia or China or yeah. places that are still, that still have much more regressive uh, laws regarding, regarding, you know, same sex partnerships. Yeah. Like Florida. Don't <laughs> well, Yeah. Okay. Florida. I can work with Florida. <laughs> my mom's from there i can take a i can take a piss on it it's fine yeah well and again like it's it's regressive it, it's so pervasive right it's it's not just florida right it's just that's just a, uh, an example of a much larger problem well that's um, yeah that's that's what it is like i don't not to get too too not to get too political on the pride episode for sure but <laughs> You know, I think that there is a there's a generalized lack, not even a lack of courage, but a willful ignorance of the desires and the needs of uh, the people at large in most, quote unquote, Western democracies. Yeah. And I think that that is beholden to a lot of very rich, very old people who do not want to give up the amount of power and wealth they have. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to dive just a little bit deeper yeah, into this moment that you're picking and yeah. what that kind of has offered you in particular. Sure. So you you see these lovely queens who are revered and there are statues of them and they're an interracial couple and that's something that sounded important to you. And I'm curious when you saw them on screen or when you've kind of interacted with with fans about this scene, I'm curious. Like, what does what does it make you feel literally when you kind of uh, are thinking about that? I think my first reaction to it is it is a beautiful scene with a moment that allows these two warriors. They are. They are set as warrior queens. Yeah, and you know there, there's such a there's such a disconnect in a lot of again Western democracy about um, about like sex or or romance or even intimacy 
versus war and strength and fighting, right? Yeah. Like you, you'll fucking The Expendables, which has so much yep. death, was a PG-13 film, but you can't show two consenting adults having sex on screen without it being an R or an NC-17. Yep. <clears throat> and I think it's really, really interesting and really beautiful, and I certainly found it really interesting and really beautiful that the team picked these two very strong, well-established warrior queens to have this really beautiful, really gentle, tender moment Yeah. in the midst of absolute horror. Yeah. And, mm. you know, I mean, not a lot of people talk to me as, you know, for Soren, for like the queens of Durin. But I just think it's such a beautiful, impactful moment Yeah. that, you know, really, really sets a precedent for a lot of, for a lot of what we see, you know, or if it did not set a precedent, it really made that precedent front and center. Yeah. 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 That, you know, it doesn't matter who, uh, it doesn't matter who you love. Mm. Or if it does matter who you love, it matters to you. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's not the most eloquent way of phrasing it. But. No, and I, and I think that it's not just this, like, it's not just this couple that does that. I think that Runan and Athari do that right. as well. Oh, my God, like, yeah. That, there's a, a massive, like, huge social media following Boy, for, is there. for them. Um, and it's incredible. Like, Virvos, notwithstanding, right, has a huge uh, following as well. But Runan and Athari, because it's canon, is, like... There's so much available for you to kind of dive in into not just fanfics, but also just fan art to just all these random tweets that are just about it. And it's, it has created this subculture, right? Where uh, what we have so often seen in media is queer baiting, where we're going to hint at this, but we're not going to give it to you. Um, we're going to pretend this is true, but we're not going to confirm it. And what we've done with the Dragon Prince, and I say we, what y'all have done with the Dragon Prince is, is it's confirmed. It's, it's this part of canon where people can no longer question this. It's not Schrodinger's cat where it is both true and not true because it's in our head canon, but not really confirmed. This is something that is real. It is visible. And that kind of visibility makes a massive, massive difference into the capacity to fantasize about what could be. It gives people hope, it's foundational. And so I, I am just so thankful <laughs> for, <laughs> for queer icons like these these two pairs that we're talking about. Sure. Not sure. to mention and, you know, ones in our head there, there's, a, there's a tiny little throwaway in one of the, one of which was my backup in case somebody had said the Queens, but I'm gonna mention it now and someone else can bring this up if they want and they can fight me for it. But there's a tiniest little throwaway line that I fucking love. It's when, uh, I think it's the same episode, actually, where Harrow and Sarai are in, their, are in the royal bedchambers, and Harrow tells Sarai about this dream he was having about Lady Justice. And, uh, you know, Sarai's like, oh, what was she wearing, or whatever. And Harrow's like, oh, she was draped in this beautiful gown. And Sarai's like, oh, so a boring dream then. <laughs> and i mean i don't know i of course again i cannot speak to it for 
any any purpose outside of being a fan. But I love that little hint of just like, oh yeah, yeah, that's cool. I'm into it. So just to be clear, for you, yeah. that is hinting towards Sarai being like, I mean, women are pretty. Cool I think too. so. Yeah. Uh, to me, and again, this is only to me. I cannot speak for any canon. That speaks to Sarai being at very least, you know, by more pan. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really cool. I think that's I think it's cute that it's just a, it's just a moment, you know, because I don't spend my whole day going around like, hello, bisexual. Good to meet you. Hello, <laughs> bisexual. Pleasure to meet you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I I have no problem with, you know, fun little offhand remarks like that or little stuff that is that is true to life. Yep. Yeah. Wow. And that's not to say that's that's not to say that I feel any any sort of you know negative way towards people who are very out and loud about their their sexuality or, or anything. Mm. Certainly not. I I am in full support of of celebrating however however someone wants to celebrate. Yeah. You know, however the fuck they want to celebrate by all means. But for me, I've always been you know more reserved, more to myself, and that's just how I do. Yeah. I think often, and again, this is, I'm not like calling on all of this data, but I'm, this is more um, my anecdotal evidence that I have been able to witness and be a part of is thinking about how it is often easier for people who are, again, able to straight pass. Yeah. Oh boy. To hide a little bit more. And to not feel the need to be loud and proud, so to speak, because there's less of a compulsion because there's this ability to not need to. And it's in a way that's like this weird, like really hard to navigate space of balancing the privilege of being able to pass straight, but also the I feel the resentment, anger and fear that is attached to being queer in this world while also having this like little bit of a privilege shield. And that almost creates this whole other world of uh, internal struggle that is really difficult for people who are in that space. Um, Cause it's very freeing to be loud and proud in a way, just like it is like having that mask on of, of passing is, is like that. It's a mask of like, I'm able to do this, but that's just cause you don't know me very well. <laughs> Right. I, I, I compare it almost to like I'm biracial as well. A lot of lot of buys here. And for the longest time, I think we spoke about this a million years ago that, you know, when I was auditioning coming up, you know, I wouldn't correct people on the pronunciation of my last name. I wouldn't uh, you know, I wouldn't be so openly Filipino for lack of better phrasing. Yeah, because, you know, I. I'm kind of ethnically ambiguous in the terminology of the film and television industry. And I mean, fortunately, that term is falling more and more out of favor. But for the longest time, and I mean, I could go on for for hours about how, you know, my own generational trauma with regards to being Filipino can come from, you know, various old colonization wounds. And yeah, absolutely. Ongoing, the ongoing, uh, uh influence of the catholic church on the philippines and even in my own life growing up catholic and blah 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 yeah. blah blah 
but yeah, like it's it. I, I would never claim to have any sort of, uh, well, any worse, any worse issues than anybody else. And certainly, there are loads of people who have it a lot worse than I do. Yeah, but you know, there is there's truth to what you're saying that it's uh, it's a different path to navigate is maybe the best way I can think of to phrase it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a different set of maps. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's, it's different. Right. Um, and so, whew, wow. So we've got a lot that we've been able to kind of parse out. We've got Sarai being uh, coding potentially as bi and or pan and or queer. Um, anyway. Yeah, sure. No, no I love long, it. But I think she is. <laughs> yeah. We have the, I, mean, I also think Harrow is, but. I think all of them are. Yeah, I, I, you know, there's there is a lot more coding in in for these characters that, um, and and maybe that points to just the uh, the fact that our brains are often coded towards like the spectrum of male to female, and realizing that it's not a spectrum from male to female, it's like we can it it is that's that's a, a unfair way to create a binary. And what we're seeing in this show is it's kind of break that that trope and that expectation. And so that, oh, that kind of throws off all of our coding. We're like, wait a second. <laughs> and you have no idea how much I want to talk about stuff that's coming with you saying that, but I'm, I can't, yeah. I cannot watch the show. <laughs> uh, believe me, you are not the only person to have hinted this to me. So I'm like, yeah, uh, I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, with that in mind, I want to kind of point us towards our, our kind of next segment, which is our kind of final segment for today, which is gratitude. We'd like to end our episodes with yeah. our content with gratitude. And uh, you might pick a character that is not uh, affiliated with the scenes you've picked, and you might pick someone that is. But uh, thinking about in light of our conversation today, yes, uh, who is a character that you are thankful for in the Dragon Prince that... Um, I will pause there. Who's a thankful that you're thankful for? Character that you're thankful for. Okay. Um, this is tricky. I have a few. Okay. Can I... Can I name an actor on the show? I mean, I'm not going to say no. That sounds cool. <laughs> um, And I'm sorry because this is going to be a big tease and I'm... No, I'm not sorry. Who the fuck am I kidding? <laughs> um, I am I am very thankful for Ben Callens who has joined the cast of the show in a role that I have no desire to discuss <laughs> um, but Ben is incredibly lovely we, we got on like a house on fire when we first met and I'm just I'm really happy he's in the show I'm really thankful for his presence on the show and I think that I think that he's I think that he's gonna just you know he's gonna be really wonderful in what he's doing yeah. yeah and I have a lot of gratitude towards him for I mean for for taking the job for starts yeah absolutely but also you know just for being for being a good friend for being a good dude oh I'm so excited to learn more about Ben uh we have interacted on social media and he has indicated that he will be interested in joining for a specific episode once season four comes out so hopefully i, I know what he's talking about yeah hopefully uh we can get him on if he's still interested once that happens but uh oh, i appreciate the gratitude yeah that's I'm lovely sure 
Well, Jesse, today has been such a gift. I feel like we have been able to kind of parse out some of the things that some of the impacts of seeing these things on not just us, but being able to kind of see how that have disseminated into the fandom and to people who have seen this show and how much of a difference it makes. And so thank you for one, being a part of something that's so important to so many people, but also for uh, joining us today and having this conversation and being open with, with this group of people that are listening. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. Um, as always, it's a pleasure. So it's always lovely to chat with you guys. So I'm always happy to show up, but um, yeah, you know, this is a, I said it before in this episode, this is a very special, there's a lot about this show that's very special to me. I mean, for one, being on it and the the writing and all that, but a big part of it and a big part of what's always been special to me about the show is the fans. Hmm. And, you know, I was, (laughs) I think I said this before too, but man, I was so fucking scared when I first got it and I realized how big a deal it was. Oh, wow. I was just like, oh shit. Like, cause I had, I never watched Voltron, but I watched the fandom reaction. Yeah. 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 And I was like, oh, fuck, I got to be, I got to be really careful. I got to watch my ass at every turn. (laughs) And I'm so glad to see that that was just my anxiety talking in so many ways. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Well, we will continue to uh, pleasantly wait. And, you know, it's one of those things where I, you know, my, one of my favorite books has had, two books out for like 10 years and is there's a third book coming and it's been coming for 10 years and it's a similar process to the dragon prince where people are starting to like hate the author and be like i'm never gonna read it because it's not worth it and you know there are some people who are complaining about how long it's taken i'm like y'all this is just a a gift right (laughs) it's like waiting for that box that's gonna come in the mail when you know it's coming it's like it's gonna get here it's gonna be here (laughs) like but seriously part of the joy that comes from anticipation is is not getting the box it's it's the waiting and the engaging with the fandom over this and experiencing this with each other and realizing that this is a community experience and i think we are we are blessed in a way to have this amount of time to wait I, you know, I was a big Game of Thrones fan. Okay. Before the TV show. Oh. The show came out, and I was like, oh, this could be cool. Yeah. And then the sh- and I enjoyed it for the first few seasons. And then the show started outpacing the book, and I was like, oh, I wonder what they're going to do. Because I know, like, I know George R.R. R. Martin was, you know, at least consulting on it. Yeah. So I had to assume some of the stuff was what he planned. And as I was going through, I was like, oh okay i'll work with that and then it got to the last season and i was like this is dog shit (laughs) yeah (laughs) this is absolute horse shit man i don't know i don't know why anybody wanted any of that and you know i'm (laughs) i'm so glad hbo hasn't bought the rights to the dragon prince to finish it right but you know i mean that that might actually be really cool but benioff and vice anyway they can they can go suck eggs but um yeah man like i i always think be real careful what you wish for sometimes because i wanted winds of winter and i got it but not the way you wanted absolutely not yeah absolutely not 
<laughs> yeah. I would so much rather have it when it is supposed to be released than yeah. I don't mind waiting. I'll yeah. probably end up reading the final books when they come out still. Yeah. But you know, I the the TV show, it was so interesting. It killed it killed all hype I had for the books for a really long time. Yeah. And I still am still basically dead, but you know, I might be I might be interested in picking it up when it comes back. Well, if we've learned anything, the Dragon Prince is not taking that tax. So <laughs> we are we are back and we are back strong. Yeah. Well, uh, once again, this has been incredible. I will uh, reach out, I'm sure, once season four drops. We'll try, probably try and hit it pretty quickly, uh, knowing um, how fast people consume it. So, oh boy, yeah. Um, no matter what, you are a blessing on the world, and we are grateful for you. Uh, and don't, that's why I said. I mean, you know, it is what it is. I still appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right. Well, with that in mind, uh, thanks to everybody who's listening and. Until next time, be well and do good.